Welcome to the Thoroughly Wrong Project with Lalo and Bob. We appreciate you spending some time with us today. Let's jump right into that weekly dose of things you can disagree with. Take it away, guys. All right, man. Welcome to the Thoroughly Wrong Project. I'm your host, Bob. Fucking right. I got it right that time. And this is Lalo. And uh, before we start, Lalo, I got to say that last time, you know, this whole podcast could be thoroughly wrong, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're just spouting off. So last time I made this comment, I was like, um, we talked about the school shootings and I said, shootings are way down. Because, you know, and you made the joke that, well, no schools, no shootings. But in 2020, I found out that um, we had the highest number of shootings ever. By November, we had 578, which is, uh, it was 417 for the entire year of 2019. So there are actually more fucking shootings in 2020 than ever. Congratulations. <laughs> 2020 just kept breaking breaking records. <laughs> no All shit, I don't know how many there's shootings there are this year. Oh, quite a few. But there, there's, I think, there's also a good distinction between like shootings and then like mass shootings. Well, these um, are these are all mass shootings. That, oh, those are mass shootings. Yeah, defined as uh, <clears throat> four the, like people. FBI says four people who got killed, not including the gunman, is considered a mass shooting. That's the gun violence archive. I thought it was. You didn't. You don't even have to like kill anybody if you just shoot into like. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. They could get injured. Even if they get injured, it's still considered a mass shooting. Four people get, well, yeah, because a shooting's a shooting whether you fucking die or not, right? You're right. (laughs) But But, I mean, regardless, it's still pretty upsetting, but. Is it? Yeah, I guess it is. I was was thinking about it today because I knew we were going to podcast tonight. And I was thinking about it. I was like, this is so fucking terrible. Whenever you go to the store, it, it runs through my mind, dude. It happens so often. I'm often thinking, well, I'm going to go to Food Max. I hope there's not a fucking shooting because I'm getting an avocado or something, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't. Those kind of thoughts usually tend to like happen to me um, when there's like a recent mass shooting, you know? When it'll be like. Like a recent one that would be like at a grocery store. And then like the next time or two that I'm at a grocery store, I just think about it like, oh shit, like this shit could happen like anywhere, anytime, you know? It can. And what what can we do about it though? I mean, right? Just think, just keep your head down, I guess. Oh, like during a mass shooting, what can you do? Yeah. Um, I think it depends like where, where you're at, where the situation is, you know? If you're like in the back of the store and you hear like shooting up front, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm going out the back door. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah, I know. I know. I wanted to make the joke where I was going to, you know, use a a child as a shield, but I won't do that. (laughs) As a meat shield. (laughs) There's already been 126 mass shootings in the United States. I mean, I won't use my child as a meat shield, but if there's like a. No, not mine. A random random kid, a random kid running by. Yeah, exactly. Might throw him on my back. (laughs) I could excuse it as like trying to save him, but in reality, it's covering my back. (laughs) (laughs) There's been 126 so far 
it, and, and that doesn't include April. So <laughs> that was just 35 in January, 43 in February, and 48 in March. Those numbers usually tend to increase uh, during the summer, the hot months. Yeah. Just because, uh, yeah. you know, like when it gets hotter, people get more irritable. <laughs> uh, that's actually a thing. It's crazy. Yep. I remember when I heard that, I was like, it makes sense, but you never really, that's not something you ever really think about, you know? Yeah, that's true. And <clears throat> and again, here we are. It, it happens more in poverty-stricken neighborhoods. <laughs> Just yeah. like I mean, always, like, just like, like always, socioeconomic shit again. Socioeconomic shit again. I feel like r- like regular shootings um, tend to happen more in poverty stricken neighborhoods. But the, I mean, I don't know the exact the exact uh, statistics, but I feel like the mass shootings, you know, that like we all hear about and that are all over the news. Yeah, I feel like those are more like random or spread out. If that makes sense. When it yeah. comes to like location and like demographics, <clears throat> I mean, most of the time you'll see them, you'll hear about them like in universities or like uh, schools, you know. So I think those are more like the the range is is wider, you know, about where where they happen. But like regular shootings, like uh, a lot of them are like due to like gang violence and uh, burglary stuff like that, you know. Yeah, uh, those not reported. Yeah, those will naturally just happen more in uh, poverty-stricken uh, neighborhoods, just because poverty incentivizes—not incentivizes, but incentivizes. poverty creates crime. You know? Yes, I agree. Or crime is a uh, higher crime is a uh, is a result of poverty. I think that's a better way of putting it. Okay. Yeah, it is because <laughs> uh, when you force people into when you force people into poverty like that, then they still have to eat and they still want televisions and they still want to live inside and they want all the things that everyone else has. You don't yeah. give them the opportunities to do it legally. And the legal opportunities you offer them are $10 an hour. <laughs> That's not how and it it's works, not just man. It's not just wanting things to it's, uh, it's like your basic necessities, you know? Right. There are stories of people that rob, you know, they'll rob a grocery store or, or they'll rob like a, a pharmacy, you know, because they need the medicine or else, right. you know, they're going to die or, you know, their kid's going to die. Um, yeah, they rob a grocery store and grab a pack of diapers on their way out. Yeah. So it's a <laughs> lot of things that are very uh, like preventable and problems that we could solve that will indirectly or directly, you know, um, decrease crime. And then, you know, decrease shootings. Well, crime in general. I, you know, I was reading, like I said, when we got on the, the night, I, I was reading a story about the new gun control laws. And there, you know, Biden is focusing on this, these four actions that don't make any fucking sense. And one of them is like, he wants the Department of Justice to curb this thing that you can put on a handgun and it turns it into a a short barrel rifle who gives a fuck really how is that going to stop mass shootings how's that going to stop crime i i can turn my pistol into a short barrel rifle and that gives me the the opportunity to to shoot more people no it doesn't it doesn't do anything it's like limiting the size of of uh ammunition and all these dumb fucking laws. I don't know what the real laws should be. 
but I've seen some pretty pretty intelligent um, legislation try to get in, entered in. Like when you do a background check, you're looking at instead of just crime in general, you're looking at what kind of crime it was and are there mental health issues. But I don't know if mental health issues are reported because of private uh, health laws. So what's what's the deal here? What are we going to do, man? <clears throat> I think when it comes to gun laws, uh, most a lot or a lot of the time, it's uh, when it comes to Democrats, it's always attacking the gun itself, you know, as the problem. Right. Uh, and then the obvious response from the right is, uh, you know, like fuck off, you're not taking my guns. Um. So it just to me, it just creates like this like cycle of like BS. And yeah. just back and forth that doesn't isn't really attacking the like you said the main issues which is like mental health and you know sensible gun laws because I mean I'm I'm very like pro gun myself like that's the one thing with like the right that I have in common um, I mean I hate the NRA don't get me wrong the NRA <laughs> is like they're fucking idiots um, but like guns themselves like I don't really support like uh, the ban on like uh assault rifles because that just doesn't make sense um like if you really think about it because when it comes to gun crime they make up like one to three percent of all gun related crime right so right. you're gonna ban an entire like classification of of guns for one to three percent of all crime uh, i feel like that's not attacking the real issue um you know and then people like to say well uh you know, why do you need guns like that? Why do you need an assault rifle? And it's not that you need an assault rifle, um, but we should be allowed to own one. You know, it's not like people, like, it's not that common that you hear, um, like I said, it's only like one to 3%. So all the ones that, all the mass shootings that we hear about, um, they tend to be used, like the, the people tend to use assault rifles just because uh, you know, they have like higher uh, capacity magazines and stuff like that. Right, right. And but at the end of the day, it's it's a very small percentage. So I don't think, I don't think that's really attacking the main issue. And I don't, I just don't see that helping. Like it might, it might help like the statistics a little bit. Um, yeah, one three percent. Yeah, you're not gonna like really solve the the gun issue. So or the shootings issue. That it. In 2020, that would have been about, you would have eliminated five shootings out of 578. And I don't think that's going to be, that's not going to help too much. It, it seems to me that you want, you want to attack things like assault rifles because um, it, it, it looks good that no one should have them. Well, in, in using logic, we could say, okay, then all cars that can go above 130 miles an hour should get banned because no one should have them. Right. The, well, the thing with, when people say that argument, I've heard, I've heard that one actually fairly recent or like they'll, they'll try to like mock you and be like, Oh, well, you know, you could kill, there was a person that like killed several people with a knife. So like, let's ban all knives, you know, trying to like mock uh, the argument of banning mm -hmm. assault rifles. And the, th the difference to me is that the gun, a gun's sole purpose is i mean if you think about it it's to kill um like yeah people use it to hunt and like you know just for target practice and right. hobbies 
you know, go shooting out in the range or whatever. But a gun's sole purpose is, you know, to kill. It's going to shoot this projectile at hundreds of feet per second at something. And that thing's usually usually dead at the other end, you know? Going to die, right? Uh, when it comes to, like, cars and, like, knives and stuff like that, like, that's not the, the intended use of a car or the intended use of a knife. Um, you know, depending on the knife, obviously. <laughs> um, but like that, that, yeah. that argument doesn't really, you can't really compare the two, you know? Um, but regardless, I just, I feel like you're ignoring, cause like you said, uh, if we eliminate assault rifles, that would take away like five or six shootings, but those five or six shootings are the five or six shootings that were spread out throughout the year that take all the news coverage because they're mass shootings and, you know, like 10 people, 15 people died here, there, here and there. And that's what gets all the news cycle. You know, you don't hear, I mean, you'll hear about like, you know, your local shooting or like, you know, gang violence and stuff like that. But those big ones that are like on the news for several days and like take over everything. Right. Big mass shootings that you hear about that, you know, seem to happen on an annual basis. The ones that dwarf the news. and Yeah. So that's what we hear about. And then that's what creates you know, the main narrative of, you know, let's ban this type of gun and let's ban this and let's ban that. And then the other side that's like, you know, they're going to take our guns and all this and all that. And it's just like on one side, it's like fear mongering. And on the other side, it's like trying to overreach. And it's just, it doesn't do anything in my opinion. So what, what's the balance here? What can we do to, you know what? I don't, Lalo really, dude. There, how many fucking millions of guns are there in this country? And it's too late to to say anything now. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, when, I know my father has probably 30 or 40, and my uncle has 30 or 40. And it's like, why do you need that many guns? I have two I have a handgun yeah. and a shotgun. So that's enough. I mean, it's like I said, it's, it's not that you need 30 or 40, but I don't personally see anything wrong with having, you know, like a large amount of guns. I mean, at the end of the day, you have two fucking arms. It's not like you could shoot all 40 of them at the same time, you know? So it's not like somebody's going to go with their fucking arsenal full of guns and, you know, load them up and just start emptying, you know, every single gun that they have. That usually doesn't happen. If you have 30 or 40 guns, uh, like 99.99% of the time, those are like responsible gun, uh, gun owners that, mm-hmm. you know, usually don't. Yeah. Do they both, shit. my, both my dad and my uncle have like $10,000 gun safes and everything's taken care of. Yeah. And usually you hear like the mass shooters or, you know, the mass shootings that happen, it's usually like some dude that's like off his rocker that like bought the gun like last week. And he's like, you know, been planning this shit for like a month. And then, you know, he goes and, like, does what he does. Um, and that's usually how it happens. It's never, like, it's never, like, a gr- a gun, like, someone that's obsessed with guns that goes out and, and does these mass shootings. So you have to see, like, the kind of people that do these shootings. And it's usually somebody that's not mentally stable. Well, what about, what did the three-day waiting period do? Did it, stop, did it slow down or stop anything? Well, I don't think it should be three. I should, I think it should be longer, but... Uh, those waiting periods, you know, those are used for like background checks. Those could be used for um, like 
deep, deep background checks, mental health evaluations. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with like mandatory um, mental health evaluations. I don't see anything wrong with um, like to be able to buy a gun, you have to like take a class on how a gun works and how to handle it and how to right. you know, uh, store it safely. I mean, you have to do all that stuff for a driver's license. You have, they don't just give you a driver's license. Like, yeah, oh yeah, good luck. You know, <laughs> good you luck. have to take a test. You have to, you have to prove that you know how to drive. Right. So well, I, for me, I did, a, sensible, a sensible gun law would be prove that you're uh, physically and mentally able to, to own a gun, you know? I mean, well, I don't. That's what I, I don't think that's very Yeah, and I don't think that's very you know radical and you know crazy. I mean, if there's nothing wrong with you, if you know everything's good, then you know you'll have your gun in like two weeks. What? It's like the dude in Atlanta that shot up all those um, uh, spas, like those massage parlors. He bought his gun that same day. Like he went out, bought it. Um, he bought his handgun, and he you know. He went and shot all those people that same day that he bought it. You mean I you you can buy a gun the same day in some states? I'm pretty sure. I'm I, I'm guessing the the more south you go, the the more <laughs> lax the gun laws are. Um, but I mean, there's like gun show loopholes, and then people like to say, "Well, oh, you no, know, yeah. it's not really a loophole." It like uh, if you're a what is it like a licensed arms dealer, you have to you know still do the waiting period. But if you're not a, a licensed arms dealer, you can just sell it to whoever you want, right? You know, in a, in a lot of places, you don't have to background check them. You don't have to, you know, as long as they have the cash, most people don't care. They'll they'll hand it off. Yeah, that's the very that's very true. Um, and when it comes to like something like a car, you know, yeah, you want to sign the pink slip. Yeah, here, you know, take the car. But I think when it comes to a gun, something that, like I said, was made to kill, uh, that has that. Uh, that purpose and that that ability, I think it should be heavily regulated. Um, I don't think any kind of gun should be banned. I mean, it, uh, apart from like automatic weapons. Um, but like other than that, like I've seen people that have like a sniper rifle. You, no one's gonna go on a mass shooting with a sniper rifle, you know, unless you're like that dude in DC like 30 years ago. But other than that, like, oh, that guy was. People just. You know, use them for hobbies. Like they'll go out and fuck in the middle of Texas in the empty ass field and you know shoot a bunch of fucking cans or something. You know, why did you choose Texas? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, anywhere. Like I have friends that they they'll, they'll have their guns. I have a friend that owns an M1 Garand. You know. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's just a cool. Like it's an old gun. It's it's cool to have. You know, it's cool to you know show it or like hang it on your wall or whatever you want to do with it. He has an M1. Uh, yeah, and M1 Grand, the little like the ones, the old ass ones are like clink, 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 clink. Yeah. Really cool. Um, so you know, you want to have a fucking musket, go for it. Oh man, my my um uncle Larry, he 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 goes deer hunting, he goes to buck season, he goes to doe season, he he has a bow and arrow and he kills a, a doe during bow and arrow season. And then he has musket season and he has fucking like this, you know, 10 foot. It, you pull the trigger and it goes, kablam. You know, it's like, yeah. He fucking loves killing shit. And that's cool. I mean, when he kills squirrels and rabbits and deer and every time there's a season, that motherfucker's out there killing something. Yeah. I mean, cause 
you're never going to take the guns out of this country. Like part of the American like culture is guns. Like, I don't, I don't think that's ever going to change. Um, right. So, I mean, the next best thing, I mean, not that it's a bad thing, but I mean, the, if you want to improve it, you know, I would just say regulate them and regulate them sensibly and strictly and you know if people have a there's gonna be people that have an issue with that just because you know there's people that just fucking want like government and none of their business until yeah. they, until it un, unless it benefits them you know of course but, uh, until there's a stimulus check involved yeah so <laughs> i mean there's gonna be opposition but to me that's that's the better way to attack the gun issue than you know banning these types of guns or you know uh banning this banning that like you bump stocks yeah Yeah, i mean for the time being i would ban bump stocks just because we've seen like have you ever seen a bump stock like in action yes those things are like you can't like differentiate between that and like an automatic weapon like it's the uh, an automatic weapon has a spring in it and well i'm talking about like the firing rate you know yeah like, i know they're it, pretty much identical yeah it just it just mimics a fully automatic weapon yeah when i was in the marine corps we had m16s uh during and during my stay in boot camp we switched over to m16 a1 a1s and a2s and instead of fully automatic you just had a three round burst yeah and that's all and i had. mean a lot of people like to say like why do you need like this military like weapon you know in your house and if you know anything about guns you know that an ar-15 is nothing like a rifle that they give you in the military it's no. like leaps and bounds like way more you know deadly and more advanced you know right uh the one that they give you in the actual military um so well, why don't we arm everyone because i have an example where that works did that dude i think it was texas where he, that dude stood up to shoot everybody and that motherfucker popped him in church <laughs> Well, I don't have any problem with people arming themselves, but when you arm everyone, I don't think you should arm everyone, especially when everyone's not capable of handling a weapon. Um, like I said, whether it be mentally or physically. Well, obviously that guy in the church, he was capable. So, yeah. And I mean, like I said, there's a lot of people that like, they know the power that a gun holds, you know, and they respect that power. And so, you know, they, they use, they respect the gun. They handle it with care. They, they know what it's capable of. Um, and you, those people are usually like the most responsible gun owners, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with people like that, um, that, you know, see something happening on the street, you know, some guys like fucking just shooting people at will. And, you know, if you're there and you have a gun and you want to, you know, try to intervene, you know, all, all the power to you. <laughs> but you're going out the back with a kid on your <laughs> I mean, if I don't have a gun, yeah, I'm going out the back. <laughs> as long as the kids protecting all my vital organs are good <laughs> that's awesome man all right yeah it's just every like i said like i've said it before every issue is very complicated there's no like one you know straight straight answer to to solve it um but there's definitely steps we could take to to mitigate it and to make it easier on us like as a society especially here in the United States where we're very gun centric and gun crazy. And, you know, everybody loves their guns, which yeah. I mean, like I said, there's nothing wrong with that. 
but you also have to it can't be limitless power you know um i think that's one of the few rights that we have that needs to be a little um like policed you know and regulated yeah curtailed just a little come on you know yeah. uh, a guy that i talked to quite a lot and he he says you know he has a big issue with gun control but even in his zeal he still says we need to do something because this is way fucked up to what's happening right now so yeah and for most people that fear is just that fear mongering from the right that's pushed this narrative of they want to you know take your guns away nobody will ever go into your house and take your guns away like Unless you did some batshit crazy like stuff, nobody's gonna just waltz into your house for no fucking reason and take your gun away. Like nobody's ever proposed that. Nobody's ever gonna propose that. I don't know why people like have that engraved in their head. Um, I mean, most of it's because of the NRA. Like I said, that's why I fucking hate them because they're just like this huge lobbying party of like fucking uh, like fear, and it's just that's what drives that narrative. Like. They're afraid of gun, gun gun control. Ask them what what specifically are they afraid of? They're afraid that their guns are going to get taken away. That is right. what they fear, and that is something that nobody has proposed, nobody has said, and that just won't happen. All these like even the the current like proposals to ban assault rifles, they all all of them, every single one that I've seen has a grandfather clause to where if you already own you know a certain type of gun, you are grandfathered in. You don't count. Uh, you get to keep your gun every single one that I've seen. So, uh, you know, even the most, you know, quote unquote, radical gun policies don't take your guns away. And that's what people don't understand. They don't get that. And they, cause they don't look at the research. They just listen to fucking Fox news and all these, you know, people on the right that they say they're going to take your guns away. You know, how, how is Joe Biden going to take your gun away when supposedly Obama already took them away, you know, four years ago? that's what they were saying then uh you know so it's it just doesn't make sense people do not educate themselves they listen to other people educate them they don't read the laws it's like in christianity christians don't read the bible they rely on someone else to read the bible and interpret it for them and that just feeds across our entire culture people don't when when legislation comes down, they don't say, well, I'm going to go online and read the legislation. You know what? Because you can. But it's written in language that you, you can understand. So you rely on some NRA motherfucker to stand up there and go, they want to take your guns away. And that's not what you're right. That's not what they want to do at all. They just want to regulate it a little more. And I don't see what the fucking problem is. Because anybody will go down to the DMV, pay their goddamn taxes, pay their license fees, pay for insurance, pay for gasoline, pay for taxes just so they can drive a car. It's highly regulated how fast they can go, where they can take the car, where they can drive the car onto other people's land, all kinds of shit. There's all kinds of laws about cars, and nobody says dick about that. Nobody says anything about that. But as soon as you say I'm gonna, we're gonna tweak a gun law. No, you're not. You're gonna take my guns, aren't you? Yeah, they think you know that's where that's where it starts. They always say that oh, it's gonna start with that, and then you know, next thing you know, they're gonna be barging in my door, and like <laughs> that's just some like tinfoil hat 
type of shit that makes no sense, you know? But everybody believes it. Yeah, and that's that's the main issue. Like people don't like you said, they don't read, they don't do their 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 self research, their own research, and they just take everything for face value that they see on Facebook or that they hear on the news and it just once you get them in that mindset, it's very hard to get them out, you know? Um, right. Especially right. if they're like, if that's been like their whole life, you know, I've talked to people that they'll tell me things that they think um, that they believe that a party stands for. And I'm like that, they don't do that at all. You know, <laughs> like, you know, I've talked to you about like people that think that the Republican party cares about abortion and being fiscally responsible. And if you look at the Republican Party, like they don't, they don't give a fuck about abortion. They say they do because you do. And when you do, the longer you do, or like as long as you care about it, they know they they have single issue voters that just fringe on that one issue, and that's their that's the only reason that they're voting Republican. Yeah, that's their uh, base. Yeah, and like I've said, the, the Supreme Court right now is six to three conservative. That's a big like that's a heavy swing towards uh you know conservative. Uh, if they wanted to, they could, you know, at least try to abolish abortion in the Supreme Court, but they don't because they know if they actually succeed in that, they're they're going to lose a lot of voters because that's the only thing they were hanging on to. And once they have that already, they, you know, they'll focus on other issues and they'll realize that, damn, Republicans really ain't shit when it comes to these other issues. I'm going to go the other way. Mm-hmm. Same thing with being like fiscally responsible, you know, quote unquote. Since when are Republicans fiscally responsible? Never. Since, well, I mean, if you go maybe back in to the past, maybe like in the 1800s, you know, um, but ever since then, like, you know, especially starting with Reagan, like fiscally responsible, they just think fiscally responsible is because uh, they think Republicans just don't like to spend money, you know. Oh, they don't want to spend on, you know, these programs or they don't want to, you know, they'll lower taxes and, you know, trickle down, blah, 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 make all this money. Like we've tried that so many times. We try that every single time we're Republicans in office, you know, since Reagan. But every single time they do that, it doesn't work. And it's proven it's in the numbers. Our deficit has skyrocketed every single time there's a Republican in office. Including Donald Trump. Including Donald Trump. It started with Reagan. He, you know, you cut when you cut taxes and still spend a lot of money. That's not being fiscally responsible. When George Bush had record uh, tax cuts for the wealthy and then started one of the uh, most expensive wars of all time. You think that's being fiscally responsible? (laughs) No, dude. Like our shit fucking our deficit, our debt skyrocketed uh, during the Bush years. You know, we were in a surplus when we were when he had when we had Bill Clinton. Yes. And, you know, I get it. Yeah, we had a war. I mean, an unnecessary war, albeit. But uh, even if we even if it was a, you know, a quote unquote necessary war, uh, why would you cut taxes? You're supposed to, you know, balance the budget like they like to say and, you know, balance everything out. If you're going to spend a lot of money, you should also be bringing in a lot of money. If you make four thousand dollars a month at your house. You're not going to go buy a house with the mortgage payment of $3,500 a month right. and then five have $500 for everything else. Like that's just being stupid. And not that's exactly what printing press, which they do. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, like they don't bring enough money to cover everything that they spend. 
and no, spending money into debt. yeah and spending isn't just you know an actual like programs and whatever you know the military budget and everything spending also has to do with uh the tax rates because you know when you lower the tax rates you're lowering the money that you're bringing in as as a government so when you you know lower the tax rates and then spend a shit ton of money on the military every single year who who's being fiscally responsible there like who and i mean they've admitted this like there's an interview i don't know if you've seen it with ted cruz where they ask him about this like like do you do you know like like you like you have to know that that's what you guys are doing and you know he admits it like yeah like we kind of turn a blind eye when we have a republican president when it comes to the deficit and the national right. debt and you know it, it kind of you know it suddenly out of nowhere becomes a main focus when you know we have obama or biden all of a sudden like oh we have to you know our our deficits like you know 30 trillion dollars like we have to get that down like we can't be spending so much all of a sudden they care about it but not during the past 4 years or 8 years when we had bush well like, i know and the the stupid thing is is it's the the thing that they're complaining about is the thing that they fucking created it was them yeah so well, i mean like like i said we had a surplus with with bill clinton and literally one presidency later we were in debt trillions of dollars. So you tell me who's being irresponsible there and who's well, being now responsible. Biden wants to spend, was it $2 trillion on the infrastructure? Yeah, it was like 2 or 3 Yeah, so um, he wants to raise taxes on corporations. Yeah, he's also, yeah, that's the thing. If you're going to spend, you know, $3 trillion, you also have to raise the taxes. You got to bring and, it But in. guess what? Every, you know, your average, any person that's, like 90% of people that listen to that are not going to see their taxes affected. It's right. literally like the rich, the richest of the rich and the biggest corporations, which probably don't pay little to no taxes at all uh, right now. Um, you know, so it's like, it's not going to affect you. It's going to help you. People vote Republican. They're voting for their own like poverty to continue. They're voting for their own oppression to continue. And right. they don't see that. That's what they don't see. Because they're brainwashed into thinking, you know, that, like I said earlier, they're going to take your guns, they're going to do this and that. Like, the the Republican Party is so, like, full of shit. It's, like, it's crazy how, like, from me, like, seeing all this and, like, looking, you know, from the outside in, like, I don't understand how, how so many people are, like, trapped in that mindset and, like, believe all this. You know, there's people in like fucking Kentucky and Mississippi, all these like red states that have been red for fucking ever. They're like the most, they're the poorest states in the country. Like, how can you live your entire life poor, voting for one thing, expecting it to change? Like you see it, you've seen it your whole life. You've had the same leadership. You've had the same type of leaders. You've had the same ideas your entire life and nothing has changed. If anything, you've gotten poorer because, you know, the rich are getting rich and the poor are getting poorer. So you've gotten poorer as you're, as you've grown and you still continue to agree with them and you still continue to side with them and you don't question anything they say, whatever they tell you, you're poor because Obama or you're poor because of Biden and you believe it. Like you don't, you have to question it, especially when it's not working for you. But they don't. Man, I grew up in, in that, and they don't, what they don't understand is that grandpa's politics don't work anymore, okay? And 
grandpa told dad and dad told you and and that's the way it's always been and it's always been the democrats fault or it's always been this this is the problem and it the problem is those republicans come into that poor state and they stand at podiums and they they just tell absolute fucking lies about what what the problem is they never say how they're going to fix the problem and then it it just continues and continues poor states have poor education systems poor education systems turn out undereducated people and we're not calling them stupid and I'm not calling them ignorant I'm saying you're undereducated if I've never learned and I've never been taught that I need to question authority and I've always been taught to respect my elders and to respect authority then what they say fucking goes dude and it's not those people's fault that they just live like that and they accept it yeah and that's a big thing I think that contributes to to what's going on what you said about education yeah um like like you said these are the poor states um with you know with equally as poor uh education levels yeah so it's like a cycle that just feeds into itself um and i mean if you ask me that's the way republicans want it to stay the poorer and the more uh uneducated you are the better for them because you'll listen to them there's a reason why, you know, most of, you know, academia and like, you know, quote, highly uneducated or highly educated people or, you know, people that go to college, there's a reason why they tend to be more democratic because they go to school. They learn what these things are. They know what they learn, how the government works. They learn like what what causes what and how policies uh, affect their community and what policies are good, what policies are bad. They, they learn about this. It changes the way they think. It changes the way they view the world. And when you're, you know, you're stuck in your same little town your entire life and, you know, your children and your grandchildren are going to be there too because there's no way out because of poverty, because of bad education. It's just a cycle. It's a never-ending cycle. And you know, up until about, well, up until the age of the internet, each little town had its little newspaper. And yeah. You didn't know what the fuck was going on in the world unless that little newspaper told you or you watch Walter Cronkite on CBS News every evening. It, it's a pick and choose situation of what you're being told. So they're way, way behind and they shouldn't be anymore. They shouldn't be anymore. But the problem with um, poverty stricken America, including uh, rural America and inner cities, is crime and drugs have taken over everything now. So yeah. my my hometown is um, overrun with heroin and meth and crime and no tax base and no jobs. And like you said, they don't have the information they need, but they've never been taught how to get the information that would help them. Yeah. And I feel like there's a shift coming. Um, you I know, do it's, too. It's, it's, I really do. A slow shift. And, you know, we've seen it. Um, like when's the last time that a Republican president won a popular uh, election? Um, it's been, it's been, it's been years. Wasn't it's been decades? Yeah, wasn't it Reagan? I think so. That's the last time that they won a popular election. the The Republican Party knows that they're they're not getting 
you know, new voters. They're not, you know, at, at least not at the pace that the Democrats are. Right. Because of, like you said, the internet, this age of information where, you know, we have the entire, you know, we have the biggest library in the world at, you know, in the palm of our hands with smartphones. Right. Um, they know like that shift is coming, that tide is coming. So they've ditched the, the and they've ditched their efforts of trying to uh, get new voters and they're, they've gone to like their old tactics of just trying to disenfranchise voters and, you know, uh, voter suppression oh, and yeah, gerrymandering. Like oh, um, so it's, they, it's like they could see their end coming. If that makes sense. Like they could yeah. see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. And I truly believe the Republican <laughs> this party. Time will, it is a train. <laughs> <laughs> I truly believe the Republican party is, um, it might not like completely like abolish itself, but there's going to be a major shift in it. Um, whether it be in like ideology, they're going to have to do something because what they're doing right now isn't working and they see it. They know it, um, especially in this last election and especially in places like Georgia, like, you know, like you said, um, yeah. Georgia, that Texas, state has, and Arizona, that state has been red for so many years. And, you know, it flipped this, this time around and it's because more people voted than ever before. Right. Same with Texas. I mean, Texas stayed red, but, Texas is pretty close to 50-50 right now, if you really break it down, right. um, you know, population-wise. Um, so they see these things. They see that the more people vote, the more they lose. So their only solution is to get less people to vote. That's what created that uh, Georgia uh, voter bill that just passed, you know, oh, man, which is absolute, so, like, it's so ridiculous. It's a travesty, dude. Seriously. You know, people like to say, you know, why... Why is it so difficult? Like, what's so wrong about uh, voter ID laws? Like, why is it? What What's so bad about showing your ID to vote? And when I hear that, I say, voting is a right, and all your rights should be easy. You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, so the more barriers you put in front of it, and the more difficult you make it, that's that's unconstitutional. That's wrong, man. You know, there's people that, you know, they don't have an ID or it expired. Mm -hmm. And guess what? They're going to have to go take a time out of their working day. Take in mind, a lot of these people are already pretty poor. Uh, you know, they can't afford to take a whole day off to wait all day long at the DMV uh, to pay for a brand new ID. Um, you know, they have uh, things in that voting bill that are like uh, the last day to register to vote. It's like five weeks before the election. Right. Uh, they have, you know, like the whole thing that's on the news, like you can't hand out water, you can't hand out food. Uh, the voting um, drop-in mailboxes. Yeah, that is like, the most ridiculous part, dude, that you can't hand somebody water. And I was, I, I didn't know what that was fucking about, but it, apparently it's about if someone comes up to you and hands you water in line, you might change your mind. And see, that's that's a BS argument. Like I nobody know. fucking believes that. Like, you know what? You have a Trump hat and you gave me water. I'm gonna vote for Trump instead. Nobody's <laughs> nobody does that shit, dude. Like nobody thinks I know. like that. Nobody does. First then, person that hands me water, I'm voting for that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you're fucking dying of thirst and you know they're holding your only lifeline. But I mean, 
you've seen like the videos i've seen the videos and like the statistics on this in some of these places the voting lines are hours long they're like nine plus hours long to fucking vote dude something that's a right nine plus hours long people keep saying you know i've heard people compare like oh i'm Am I going to cry? Am I going to, if Disneyland makes me wait uh, in line for a ride without water, are you waiting in in line for that ride for nine hours? If it's a nine hour long line for a fucking ride, yeah, I'm going to ask for some water. Yeah. Um, So, you know, you can't compare those two. You know, did you hear about the whole like MLB All-Star game that got moved? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They moved it to Denver, to Colorado. And a lot of people are saying, well, well, you know, Colorado has this, uh, has voter ID uh, laws too and if you look at their laws they're so different it's not even funny first of all uh voter id you can take any form of id um you could take a fucking electric bill with your name on it and that's your id okay. uh their same same day voter registration you could go you're an unregistered voter go on voting day they could register you and you could cast your vote that same day their uh, mail uh, drop-off boxes are open 24 hours a day so like it's not even remotely close to being the same thing. Um, so I just I don't get why people like try to defend this bill as something that's not a big deal. Why do you think they proposed this bill in Georgia right after they lost the state? Yeah, uh, exactly. Like that that itself just says so much about the Republican Party and what they stand for. They want to make it harder for you to vote. Because they know that doing that will help them. And the people that have the hardest time voting are usually in these uh, low income, usually uh, full of, you know, minorities, black, uh, brown people. That, you know, voting for them is sometimes an afterthought because they have other shit to worry about. There's a reason why Republicans are so anti-mail-in voting because that shit's easy. You can fill it out at your house, leave it in your mailbox and forget about it. You don't have to take a whole day fucking waiting in line or remember to go vote you know on a fucking tuesday uh morning or tuesday afternoon in the middle of the work week you could literally vote in your house the comfort of your home fucking mail that shit in you know a week a month two months in advance and forget about it and it should be that easy but it's not exactly i filled it out in my underwear on the couch and then i fucking that's another thing that colorado does they to all their registered voters uh, all their registered voters, they automatically send a mail a mail ballot, um, you know, without you having to request one. You know, if you don't request it in some states, you don't get it. And then, you know, you have to vote in person. Make sure you're registered by this date and make sure you have, you know, this valid ID and come wait in line. And and then they, they limit the number of like uh, po- uh, polls in like certain counties. Yeah. Why do you think they do that? Because right. they know it's going to help them. So the like Jesus Christ, dude, like it's, it's like the writings on the wall. It's right in front of you. They know they can't win. So they're doing all this shady ass shit so they can win. And to me, that's just like, what, what do you stand for when you do shit like that? Like when you do stuff like that, it just like, what else could you stand for that would make you like, that would make me want to agree with you, you know, anti-abortion. <laughs> it just, <laughs> It's so obvious and it's so like, like I said, it's literally written on their wall. Like they have it on their face. They want, they don't want people to vote. Um, and it, I just think it's ridiculous and it's, it's stupid. Well, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, but 
I think the thing that would end all of this is if there would be some way we could just vote online, use the internet. It, then it would be over, man. The, the I, Republicans would fucking disappear. Yeah, if you could like vote on a fucking like app, like you do everything else in your life. Yeah, you do your banking on your phone. You could buy. You could literally buy anything you want on your phone. You can control your entire life on your phone. You could buy a fucking right. house on your phone. You can buy everything. You can buy a car without looking at it and have it delivered to your house. So, and then they turn around and they tell me, well, voting on your phone isn't safe. Bullshit. If I can fucking do my banking on my phone and pay my bills on my phone and buy anything I want to do on my phone, why the fuck can't I vote? That's the thing we can. I'm sure if we really wanted to, and I'm sure there's even places around the world that do some sort of like, mobile voting you know um but it's they'll they'll say stuff like that like oh it's not safe there's a security risk that goes to that goes into that just to not do it like that's their excuse to not do something like we're the most advanced country in the entire world and we can't fucking figure this shit out we have 50 states with 50 different voting regulations and voting uh rules and stuff like that's to me that's stupid it looks like um, Switzerland, Argentina, Australia. A lot of them, dude. A lot of them vote so, online. Yeah, see, so we were capable of doing all these other things that would improve, you know, our well-being and just streamline everything. Like once you could do that, you know, who knows what else you could streamline. And, you know, at the end of the day, it will better, like, our lives and everybody's lives. But we don't do it because there's – a minority in the country that is holding us back and a minority. I mean like a minority of people as in Republicans, you know, <laughs> a minority of powerful people. I don't want to get misconstrued there, but <laughs> like uh-huh. that's, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, it's so frustrating to me. Like, and to see it like every single day and then just reading comments on people like, you have no idea. I could get in like 20 Twitter arguments every fucking day if I wanted to with some fucking idiot that, you know, argues themselves in cir- into circles and doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. Oh, every And you could give them the facts. You could give them numbers. You could give them the statistics. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Well, it just doesn't matter. I know. I know. Because every argument you give them, their argument is, I'm sorry, you're you're misinterpreting your your own argument and here's the facts well no that's not the facts here's the facts no that's not the facts here's the facts and it's like jesus christ you know (laughs) you you could show them legitimate arguments legitimate numbers and that's not that's not the way it really is and there that goes back to our earlier um talk about people just don't want to believe they don't want to believe the fucking truth. They want to believe what they want to believe and you can't argue with them. It doesn't matter about what it is. Yeah. And it's people are like stuck in like this bubble of their own thoughts because nobody wants to be wrong. Nobody wants to admit that they're wrong, that they fucked up. And it's like, that's not the point of you being wrong and me being right. The point is for like things to improve like who gives a fuck if who's wrong and who's right? It's for things to improve, and obviously the way that you know the Republican Party does things, things don't improve that way. No, 
And you have to see that. People have to see that. And they slowly are. I truly think they slowly are. Um, but it's there's still a big chunk of people out there that are just like so stubborn and stuck in their ways. Um, and they just, they don't want to go against their own beliefs because like I said, they don't want to admit whether to other people or to themselves that they're wrong. It's like a pride thing, you know, almost. Yeah. You know what, dude, I, that reminds me, I, I just did write a blog about this, about, you know, that 90 day thing that I'm doing, that life change challenge that I'm, that I took on. Yeah. Yeah. That changed me in ways that I, I, I can't, I couldn't imagine that was going to happen. But one of the things in my life that recently has changed is I was a pretty negative person and, and things were always wrong and things were always fucked up. And I took that as it was almost a part of my personality. People expected it out of me. It was intertwined. When, when you talk to me, that was going to be my belief system. And that's how I, um, express myself and how I believe myself to be. And I think that you're right, that people don't want to change because they're, they're afraid that they're going to look stupid for some odd reason. And if you, if I took on this air of positivity and for the longest time, man, I felt like a fucking imposter. I, because everything I, I had changed my mind. So if you go into Appalachia and you say, okay, Billy Joe Ray Bob, here's what here's the truth of the matter. Oh, so suddenly this guy looks at you and he goes, Oh fuck, man. I've always and he, when he says always, he means since the, before he can remember, grew up believing this lie about guns or racism or any of the fucking problems that that come from these small Appalachian places in the south and poverty stricken areas. He believes, and that's a part of his personality. And in order for him to change his mind, he becomes something that he never has been. And that, you know, as well as I do, being in a mental health field, changing your fucking mind about something that's ensconced in your personality is monumentally difficult. Yeah, because literally everything that you see you see it differently now, you know? Yeah. Everything you've looked at this problem through this lens of a lie your whole life. And suddenly you find out you're wrong. That feels embarrassing. Number one, to me, when I changed my personality, I was embarrassed to be positive. And I, I took a lot of flack from the people that were around me. So, you know, Billy Joe Raybob is going to take a lot of shit. And he's going to have to change friends and he's going to have to change his mind and change his life. He's going to, he may lose his job. There's all kinds of things that are in, intertwined in that culture that it's hard to come out and say, you know what? The Republicans are wrong and Donald Trump is wrong. And suddenly everybody that you've ever talked to, known, loved, fucked, drank with, smoked pot with, suddenly all those people are like, what the fuck do you mean we're wrong? So yeah. it's really hard to change, man. Yeah, and that's something a lot of people would rather just not do, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, They'd rather just live the lie. So, you know, there are probably a lot of people at, right now in the United States that are living in the turmoil of change that we are experiencing. And they want to be, they want to be better people and they want to believe the truth. And they suddenly see the numbers and they're like, 
wait a minute, how can I change my life to fit into this new construct and not lose everything I've ever had? And that's an impossibility. You've got to accept the fact that if you change your politics, you're going to change your fucking entire life. Yeah. And I mean, I've been there myself. Like I used to like, I wouldn't say like I was like fully supportive, but I would listen to like people like Ben Shapiro. Right. Um, and I'd be like, oh, that kind of makes sense. You know, like, you know, like, cause they're all about, you know, the individual and you have to, you have to improve yourself and improve society on an individual basis. That's their main, like, you know, thing. That's the, all of like the right wing things. Like everything is an individual issue. If you don't fix it on your own by yourself, then that's your fault. And that's just not how the way works. When we're in a society that's so intertwined, where so many things affect so many other things, uh, policy affects so many people, you can't just tell people, oh, you, you grew up poor? Uh, well, we, I grew up rich, but guess what? We still have the same, you know, we grew up in America. We still had the same opportunity no matter what. Like, no, we fucking don't. No, we don't. Like you grew up fucking on the Upper West Side or whatever, and I grew up, you know, on the East Side, South Side of you know inner cities or whatever. Like we didn't grow up the same, and it shouldn't always be like it shouldn't always be up to the person to you know dig themselves out of that fucking big ass hole. When we have the capability, and I would say almost the responsibility to help people that are in those holes. And help it so that you know future generations don't start off in those holes right um and it's just that's the main difference between republicans and democrats they want everything if you don't succeed on your own you're a fucking loser and you deserve to be fucking poor and you know maybe your kids won't be won't uh will be fucking smarter than you and maybe you know they'll figure it out but you know if they don't you know maybe your grandkids will and until somebody figures figures it out we're not going to help you <laughs> that's so like sad. That, it's true. That's that's it's so true. It is. You know, you know, every single generation there's like a little bit of people that, you know, make it out and you know, that's who the Republicans love to to, you know, befriend, like those few people that make it out and, you know, become like these huge success, successful people and, you know, especially when they're like people of color, uh a lot of them uh turn out to be like Republican too. And you know, they'll they'll write them to fucking death. They were like, oh, look at this black dude. Like, he made it out of the fucking, of Compton. You know, you can too, if you just work hard enough. And like, can you? Yeah, sure. But guess what? It's not that easy, man. You got to have a whole lot of luck to come yeah. out of a hole like Compton. There's so many I people mean, think, you know, like, if you work at our factory hard enough, you know, you you might rank up and, you know, be vice president of that company one day no. or of, the, of that factory. Well, guess what? There's 500 other workers that they can't all be vice president. <laughs> what are they going to do? Are they just fucked? Like what, what happens to them? They need to go to another company that has less people. So their chances no, of becoming vice say, president are better. If you, if you don't like your pay, if you don't like your job, you know, quit, start your own business, be your own boss. Okay. What if everybody be, becomes their own boss? Who's working for who? Like their arguments just fall apart in seconds. <laughs> they're cause they're like bullshit arguments. Like but it doesn't, the world, the world doesn't work that way. And I mean, at least not anymore, maybe in the past when it was more, when we weren't like so industrialized and like, you know, globalized, but nowadays it's, everybody's connected. Every, every action has a reaction and people are going to suffer in, in the world we live in today where it's, you know, our cap heavy, heavily capitalistic world. If you succeed, 
chances are you succeeded at the cost of somebody else. You, whether you liked it or not, you exploited somebody else for your success and they're suffering for it. You know, whether you like it or not, that's usually how it goes in our current system. But that, what you just said is that's critical thinking. And that's the thing that we are lacking in our education system. We do not teach our children how to think critically. And we do teach them about this, this most simple, basic concept of cause and effect. We don't even discuss that because that's not important. And, and logic isn't important. And philosophy isn't important and forget about all that shit just learn to read and write well enough so you can go to work in that factory so you can read the instructions that i give you there you go that's what you need and that's why education is so important um at least to me you know um that's why you know people are big on you know things like affordable college or, or affordable university and like free community college stuff like that right and I know college isn't for everybody. I'm a big advocate for, you know, if you go to college and it's not for you, like, that's fine. There's so many other, like, things you could do or uh, that you could, you know, fulfill your life and, and feel proud of who you are. It's not college or bust for, you know, every single person out there. I agree. I agree. Um, but some of those things that you, that you talk about, like critical thinking and uh, philosophy, stuff like, like stuff like that, should be taught, like, in our mainstream, like, you know, K through 12 schools. Yeah. All uh, ba basic philosophy and critical thinking is thought is started at seventh grade level in, in European schools. See, to me, all the like bullshit gen ed classes that we take at CSUB or wherever you go to university, to me, that level of schooling should be taught in high school. And then university and college should be more focused on the specialized, you know, fields that you want to go into. I agree. Um, Cause they're just, it's just a waste of money at that point. You're fucking I'm, right now. I'm, at BC taking a fucking geology class. Why the fuck do I need a geology class <laughs> right now? Like that makes no sense. I learned earth science in like seventh grade. <laughs> like it's the same shit. Like I'm learning about earthquakes. I'm learning about earthquakes in fucking college. Like that just makes zero sense to me. Well, but they gotta do it because some fucking idiot in you know their administration level thought, you know. It's, it's, it's a it's a necessity to graduate why like we learned this shit in high school and so i mean i get it not not money. everybody learned it in high school i mean part of it is the money a big part of it is the money i would say yeah um but that's the thing we sh we need to revamp our educational system to you know teach you know uh the gen ed in i mean i feel like gen ed is very important but not when you're like trying to figure out who the fuck you want to be <laughs> you should already have that Jenna shit down by then, you know. Where the fuck do you think geologists come from? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you fucking learn geology in like twelfth grade, eleventh grade in high school, and you fucking fall in love with it, and you want to study that in college, go for it. Take ten more geology classes in college. But if you want to be uh, fucking like literally anything else, you don't need geology. <laughs> I mean, it's good to know. And like, if a fucking earthquake comes, you know, like, oh shit, there's gonna be aftershocks because I learned that in geology class. Um, yeah, but that should be learned in like high school, you know. Yeah, well, and I mean, we could have a whole episode on like why the college system is broken and why it is the way that it is today. And I have a lot of opinions about that too, but that's for another episode, I'm sure. I took geology at CSUB, and I was very happy because Dr. Gillespie was super hot. 
<laughs> that's basically why I like geology. And I did learn some cool shit in there about rocks. And and now when I take my daughter out and, and we go out into the desert, I can identify things in striations and I can explain about how mountains are formed to her. So it did come in handy and it for my children. And like I said, Dr. Gillespie was hot. So, you know, it, yeah, so it's just because you don't like geology you know, some, some Sorry, of us city majors out there that I'm, that are getting like shit on, but I don't mean to bash you, but I'm just, like, you know what I'm saying, right? Like there's just so much unnecessary fluff that's yes. in our education system. That's either like repetitive or just not needed. Well, um, I, I agree. I agree. I took a lot of courses that I was like, I have no fucking clue why I'm in here because I mean, I don't mind learning them. I just think they should be done at an earlier time. And I think, you know, higher education should be more focused on the specialized fields that you're interested and that you want to pursue further. Well, you guys, you, it was you and, um, and Kat from work made me change my mind about that too, because I always, I I suspected it. I, I had my opinions about it, but like you said, not all of us want to go to college and some of us some people want to be geologists and some people want to be psychologists and some people want to be welders and some people just want to sell fucking hamburgers and go home. And that's great. But the problem we have here is, you know, welder makes eighty, ninety thousand $90,000 a year. Hamburger person makes $12,000 a year. Not fair. It's not fair at all. You need to, just because you don't go to college doesn't mean you deserve to be fucking dirt ass poor. That's bullshit. Yeah. And I mean, that's when it comes to that stuff, you could like start to talk about like um, other type of like policy and like just the way that our system works in general. Right. Or like, like I said, like, yeah, that, person that's flipping the burgers you know they're like you said they're dirt poor making you know 12 bucks an hour but i bet you that franchise owner that owns the restaurant uh that for a lot of people they didn't even go to college they just you know either uh came into money or you know for some reason uh were able to purchase that franchise they're 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 finding well off literally doing nothing right or close to nothing and benefiting benefiting off the work and the labor of the people below them. And that's when you come into like, like I was saying earlier about exploitation and your success in the way our system works right now um, comes off the backs of exploiting other people, whether you like it or not. And, you know, I, I know that sounds harsh. Um, in like in a lot of ways, you know, you can see that as sounding a little harsh, but it's, it's the truth. Yeah. Like I have a, I have a friend that, you know, they have a, a very successful family business that they, you know, their dad started, you know, from the ground up and, you know, now they're like very well off and, you know, they have their own, like, you know, list of employees and, you know, their own payroll, all this stuff. But if you really think about it, like if you just stop and think about it without those employees, that business is nothing, you know, so all the profits, you know, they're my friend's parents have like, you know, a bunch of properties and, you know, they make, you know, all this passive income from like renting and stuff like that. Uh, you know, aside from the actual business itself, like all that came from the work and the labor of their employees. Right. And all they get is like a fixed 
usually pretty low income. And to me, that just makes no sense. Like that just seems so morally and like ethically wrong. Um, like, yeah, you know, people say, well, he took the risk in starting the business. Like, uh, it sh you know, he should be rewarded for it. And, you know, that's that's good. I'm not saying he shouldn't be rewarded for it. But to the point where, you know, and not just takes like single him out, but, you know, like corporations or like other businesses, like, right. Uh, I saw this, uh, this article that was saying that right now on average CEOs make like 300 times what like their lowest paid worker makes. Yeah. And yeah. I don't care if it's like the CEO of whatever, like the, the CEO could be smarter, could even work harder than that lowest paid worker, but there's no fucking way they work they're 300 times smarter or work 300 times harder than anybody. Like to me, that's, that's not a thing. Like that shouldn't exist, but it does because of the way our system works today. Um, and it's just like, that's more like philosophical and like, you know, you, you start talking about like economic systems and social systems. Right. And I got, you know, it, and I got to fucking rib you again because I have to take those fucking multi, multi, multi million dollar fucking baseball players. I got to lump them in with the CEOs. Got to do it, man. You, well, yeah, you could lump them in there. I mean, at, they're like the you're talking about like athletes and stuff like yeah. that. Because, yeah. I mean, we live in a world of supply and demand. You know, those, you know, the NFL demands high skilled players. Nobody wants to watch a bunch of fucking overweight, like, dad bod people play football. Well, nobody wants uh, to go in to take their car in and have a bunch of people who can't paint the car correctly, but I'm not paying him $400 million because he's really fucking good at it. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, I mean, same the, thing, man. the players at the end, like, if you look at it, like, big, big picture, they're compared to like what the owners make and like what like the commissioner makes like these people rake in billions of dollars Patrick Mahomes is going to bring in billions of dollars to Kansas City Chiefs like right. over the course of his career um and you know yeah he's a millionaire and you know it's hard to feel sorry for like millionaires um no but i mean they're employees of the owners just like the people that, you know, fucking cut the grass at the stadium and, you know, the janitors and the fucking popcorn sellers and whatever, you know. Right. Like, it all comes down from the owners. So, yeah, you might not think Patrick Mahomes is, like, worth $500 million or, you know, whatever they paid him. But that doesn't reflect on him as much as it does on the owner. You know, the janitors can't get mad at the players for making that much money. They should be getting mad at the owners for not giving them more money. It's like when people talk to me about like tipping at restaurants and like, you got to tip no matter what. Like I tip for the service. I don't tip for just to tip, you know? And they'll be like, well, that's fucked up. Like I make like $5 an hour and all my paycheck comes from tips. Like, that's not my problem. Like you should go up to your manager and be like, why the fuck are you paying me $5 an hour? Why should I survive off tips? Like that's fucked up. I bet you they're making way more money because they're only paying you $5 an hour. Um, and I'm sure they could, they, they're, they're able, they could be able to pay you more. They just don't, yeah. you know, that's not the manager. That's not the manager. Or like the owner, you know, like the, the owner. owner. My problem with sports is not 
necessarily with the athletes. It's with the fucking system of what the hell I can't see. I seriously cannot see multi-billion dollar organizations from sports. It just, especially when our culture is struggling right now, we can't pay people. We can't take care of people. The infrastructure is crumbling. All this shit is happening. And we, we throw our money at fucking sports. It doesn't make any goddamn sense to me. I mean, entertain at the end of the day, that's like people spending their money on, like nobody's forcing people to buy these football ticket games, you know? No, no. Nobody's not. forcing them to buy these jerseys. Like that's just their own free will. And like, if they want to spend, you know, $300 on a football game, but their fucking rent was due two weeks ago. Like that's, that's really on them. That's um, really that it goes back to they don't have the fucking skills. They don't have the life skills. They're making improper decisions. They don't have critical thinking skills. They can't think, I got to pay my rent. And they're like, no, I'd rather be entertained. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, a lot of things don't make sense when you really think about them. Right. Just That's philosophy. That's what yeah. we do here. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, it's everything's just so complicated, man. It's, it's hard to like, I mean, if it was so easy to like solve any issue just by like sitting down for like two hours and thinking about it, we'd have like no issues. Wouldn't that be there's cool? Al there's always going to be people that go against you. And then there are a lot of shit that plays into it, like greed. And there's always going to be selfish people that, you know, just want everything for themselves or like people that look like them or people that think like them. Right. Um, right. And I'm just, I'm rooting for the people that just want everything to be better for everybody. That's the boat I'm on. Um, and, you know, there's there's a few people on that boat with me. You know, I see online, like, people, you know, there's big, uh, like, they advocate for that. But there's also a lot of people that don't. And, that, and it's not that they don't necessarily want that. It's just that the way that they think, they think they're doing the same thing. They think they're on that boat, too, uh, based on what, you know, they think. Right based on their beliefs and based on what how they were raised and like you said like some people raised you know like listen to your elders and do all this and and it's just like it's not that simple especially nowadays nothing is simple uh, so we just gotta it's it's gonna be like a very slow process it, it always is there's no way you could change societies and you know countries and like economic systems like overnight if you do that that shit will like collapse in an instant yeah yeah, you can't just you know, snap your fingers and make every fucking McDonald's restaurant like socialized and fucking every employee owns the restaurant overnight. Like it's gonna take work. It's gonna take you know years. And it, you know what? It might not even happen in like your my lifetime. Well, mine's but, gonna end with four years, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, even in mine, like I, it's can happen, yeah. But it's it's still kind of a long shot, in my opinion. But I mean, I could I could definitely see the progress, you know, and at least the years that I've like been interested in politics and like just seeing the way the world has has kind of started to shift. I can see that I, I I've seen the shift and I've seen towards where it's headed. And 
Um, do I wish it, w- it could get there faster? Yeah, you know, absolutely. I want to live in a society where, you know, everything is a lot better for everyone. Um, but the only thing we could really do for now is, you know, just do all we can to, to get there. I agree. And, you know, hope that, you know, we either get there or like our kids get there, or grandkids or whatever it may be. It, it would take a massive it would take a, a massive undertaking of a lot of people at a, a lower socioeconomic status to agree with each other about what they need and how to fix it and band together. But they're at each other's throats right now. It's hard. But you know what? To me, that's, that's something that's inevitable. When the wage gap is increasing every single day and yeah. the wider, there's going to be a tipping point to where there's so many people in poverty and so many underprivileged people that there's going to be no other option but to revolt and to fight back and to say, you know, enough is enough. And, you know, we can't keep living like this. Like, we're going to die. Yeah. And to me, like I said, it's inevitable. It's, it's not if it happens. It's when it happens. I know it's going to happen. There has to be some sort of change eventually because this system that we're currently on, like this trajectory, it's, it's doomed to fail. Um. And, you know, people might not agree with that, but, or they might, you know, say, you know, you're wrong. That's fucking bullshit, whatever. But to me, in my opinion, like studying the trends and like seeing everything for what it is, to me, it's doomed to fail in the current system that we're in. Right. It's and not, we're not talking about the country's doomed to fail. We're talking about the system that runs the country is doomed to right. fail. Yeah. And it can be reorganized and keep the country intact. And that's yeah. been done historically many many times i mean look at russia in the 80s just completely fell apart is russia gone no they're a very powerful country right now again yeah it's just a reorganization and i agree that's what we need and my hope is that we can make that change and make that shift before we get we have to reach that tipping point you know before there's a revolution and a fucking you know shit like that my hope is that we could change before then because you know, I feel like that would be a lot better. Yeah, it would. It would be uh, the transition would be smoother rather than when you come to the, the tipping point, you panic and that becomes fear and fear becomes violence. And I, you know, I don't want to see that. I really don't. <laughs> yeah. I'm too old for that shit. I don't <laughs> <laughs> And ammunition is really fucking hard to get in this state. You know what I mean? (laughs) So we'll get there. We'll get there, man. All right, man. You know, tonight was really good. I don't think we pissed anybody off. Well, maybe. I don't know. Maybe some fucking geologists. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to tell the geology majors out there. (laughs) <laughs> but I don't give a fuck about rocks, so sorry. It's all right. Sorry, sorry not sorry. <laughs> if you're hot, you'll make the class worthwhile. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> all right, dude. This is uh, it's been a good night. You ready to cut it short? Cut it off? Yeah. All right, man. Now listen, we didn't we didn't say much tonight that was controversial, but if we did, please. Just thinking of his tongue in cheek. We don't mean any harm. We don't mean any to put anybody down. We're just trying to put some new ideas out there. And this is remember, just remember this everything we said, we 
could have been thoroughly fucking wrong, except for about the geology part, man. <laughs> I mean, if, if there's a diehard capitalist out there, they, they might be a little offended. But other than uh, that. Whatever, fuck them. They're probably Republicans anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Very All true. right, man. Well, this has been Bob. And Lalo. And you've been listening to The Thoroughly Wrong Project. Tune in again. We appreciate it. Later. You have now experienced The Thoroughly Wrong Project with your podcast hosts, Lalo and Bob. We can now be found on Pandora Radio, Apple Podcasts, Podium Podcasts, or by searching The Thoroughly Wrong Project to locate our YouTube channel. You can contact us directly by email at thoroughlywrong at gmail.com or just leave a comment on any of our platforms. Until next time, thanks for spending your valuable time with us. And remember, always speak up and never be afraid to be thoroughly wrong.